I think I I, I made a short film and I was uh, I was on my way to make my first feature and I was uh, desperately f- uh, trying to find uh, to find a subject. We had that idea to to make a kind of um, you know one of my major influence in life in general uh, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That film changed my life. That film is very impressive with all the different layers and aspect of, of, of. So when I received that film, I said, my God, uh, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to make film and put the audience in that shit, in that position, in that, in that ambiguity, in that, um, in, in that uh, known comfort zone. Most of the time, in a very commercial way, especially today, people go to the film, to, to the cinema, to be in a very comfort zone. My films, are, in general, are not very comfortable. We tried to make something between, at the time, huh, between Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Life of Brian. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Kat's back. Hi, Kat. We missed you. Hi. Did you? Wow. We did. Thanks. You missed out on some really spectacular cinema last week. Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Am I right? I'm, you probably haven't seen that one, have you? No, yeah, I you have not. I want to put that right at the top of your list. I, You know, it's funny when I saw what movies you guys had watched without me. I was like, oh, Dred, I've been saving Cannibal Holocaust this whole time for when inevitably someone in this room is going to make me watch it. And, oh, no, now I'm, what's the point now if I can't talk about it with you guys? So, Well, it's on Shudder, so. Okay. Yeah. You should still watch it. Yeah, okay. This week, it's Dave's new French extremity. Once again. I felt like it was my week, like, just yesterday. I know. Well, yeah, we, we've all gotten sort of an extra turn now because of Kat's vacation. You should go on vacation more often. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I should. Yeah, I really should. <laughs> you had a good vacation? Huh? You had a good vacation? It was really great. Actually, here's a spooky thing I did. I did not go see Robert the Doll at the uh, museum because it was like $20 to just go and then ask a doll to take a picture of it, which was... A whole thing. But I did go to the oldest bar in, I think, the U.S. I don't know. And at least in Florida. Definitely in Key West. But um, it was built. It used to be the um, the morgue, I guess, or like whatever you call, you know, back in the 1600s where you put the dead people. And then they built a bar over it. But the hanging tree of the uh, of key west is still standing and like living in the middle of the bar and then they said the women's restroom is haunted so i went in all very drunk being like i'm ready to feel some spirits in here but it really was just a shitty smelly uh, you just had bathroom to i just had to pee and i peed and i didn't feel any ghosties They're or anything afraid of selfies well anyway moral of the story is i had a really uh, spooky fun time i noticed that your your chronicle your your social media chronicle of the trip mm-hmm. it seemed a lot like your regular social media 
I was waiting for yes. some flamingos or an alligator or Mickey Mouse or something to <laughs> pop up there. I was like, oh, it's just Cat and Nick, uh, you know, just at a bar. Cat showing off her boobs. The middle yeah. light. Yep. Sunny D. Okay, I will say, though, if we don't get the Sunny D vodka seltzer that I drank down in Florida up here this summer, I'm going to have to ship it in because it's delightful. I also did a small tour since we saw each other last with Ben's Been Dead. Sounds a lot scarier than it actually is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now there's a guy who has, what's the word, appropriated horror culture. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Ben's Been Dead, you know, and he uses like horror fonts a lot of right. times. He did that video with the zombie. Right. But the guy's never seen a horror movie in his life. That's he has thing. now, though. We've, sh- we've made him watch a couple. We actually had a marathon in Los Angeles when we were out there where we watched... Five horror movies in one day, which is pretty much wow. the maximum. Wow. That's, that's the maximum. <laughs> that's the amount. That probably doubled his entire horror movie viewing experience for his entire life. Yeah, for his life. entire life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I already gave you the cue and you blew it on Cat's Vacation, so I don't know. You know, <laughs> well, you know he, had, he had some <laughs> catching know? up to do. Um, and this is a movie I've been talking about for a long time. You have. You really uh, have. So uh, it's nice to... Finally catch up with it. Uh, I'm talking about Calvair mm. from 2004, uh, directed by Fabrice Duels. <laughs> I like the name Fabrice because it just reminds me of like the stuff my mom used to spray on my dirty clothes <laughs> to and send me away. This is a Belgian film. It's often lumped in with uh, the French extremity movement around the same time uh, or right in the heart of this time. Uh, it stars Laurent Lucas as Mark Stevens. Uh, and this is a man um, who is constantly uh, going from the frying pan into the fire. Uh, he's objectified every moment of this movie mm. by someone. And I just watched this while on tour, and it felt like an allegory for fame, uh, kind of, because like a, a cautionary tale to be careful of what you ask for kind of thing. He's out there doing this big song and dance uh, performing at uh, old folks homes with this like shiny cape and he's got a van that's got his name on the side of it I don't know what kind of culture this is or if this is a thing that I can do because this looks like a great job um, <laughs> it's a one man show yeah exactly it's great he just does it sings, does it? it well it doesn't end up well but he runs he breaks down in his van in the middle of nowhere um, and he meets First, Boris, who is looking for his dog in the rain. And then he meets Bartel, the owner or proprietor of a inn close by uh, that has been kind of run down for a while, kind of tourist trap vibe. And from there, it just gets really macabre, very disorienting. Um, and for Brice Duwells, um, I really like the style in which he paces his storytelling or even sometimes lack of storytelling just kind of um i don't know almost like a realistic stream of consciousness uh kind of flow to to all his movies and sometimes you don't get uh you know a closure or you don't get to understand some things and people's reasons for things but this is part of a trilogy with the next movie we're going to talk about uh, well, that movie's Alleluia. I gotta let the cat out of the bag if we're gonna talk about the trilogy and adoration. And it's the Foo 
Uh, Amor Fu. Amor Fu. Or the Ardennes uh, trilogy. You were saying that's a part of Belgium or France or... I believe the... Yeah, I believe it's a region of the French... uh, French. French. I believe it's a region of France and Belgium. And this this gets lumped in with New French Extremity, even though it's a Belgian-French co-production because... There's French. Yeah, I mean, Belgium is like 40% French speaking. I did a little history on the region. I'll I'll, I'll save that for my segment. Mm. Um, Please do. This has been one of my favorites forever. It's uh, really sad that it's been so hard to find. We have a DVD copy here at the studio, thanks to Kevin. Uh, But besides for a hard copy, uh, since its release, it's been pretty hard to find. I remember I watched it on some terrible site uh, way back in the day and fought all the pop-ups and it was all grainy, but it still, through all that, had a big impact on me and I hadn't seen it for a long time and it's been built up in my mind and I almost thought it was going to fall short, but for me, especially on a couple watches, this is a classic. I had never seen this, I don't think. It was just remastered and re-released by Yellow Veil Pictures, and that's why it's back on VOD. It's like a buck ninety-nine. But the the big ticket is that Yellow Veil released a, a physical media copy of this and remastered it. So it's been one that I've been looking for. Dave's been talking about it for three years now. The entirety of this podcast has been talking about Calvair, a.k.a. The Ordeal. If you're looking for this now right. uh, to rent, you'll probably find it under The Ordeal. It was a little built up for me. I, I Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just when something is built up enough, it's just hard. You're never going to see it the way that person saw it. And I think if I had seen this when I was discovering the new French extremity stuff, because I have seen so much of this stuff and I love it. It's my favorite French fucked up movies are my favorite (laughs) fucked up movies. I think if, if I could only have the films from one country other than the United States, I think it would be France. I just love the fucked up French movies. I love the new French extremity very much my shit. So I've already seen so much of this stuff, even the you know current modern day stuff. We've talked about Tatan, we've talked about Raw and others. It is very much of that early wave. If you saw them and you saw other French extremity movies, Frontiers and Martyrs and all that stuff, you know the minute you, you know exactly what's going to happen in this movie. The minute you even just read the synopsis, a van breaks down in the countryside. Hey, here we go. It's. Uh, I would disagree. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. Maybe no. Okay, you don't even fine. Know what happened? Not precisely, <laughs> but you know that this is Eurobilly. You know mm. this is Eurobilly yes. horror, and I love that stuff. I love the American version. We've talked about hillbilly horror, um, exploitation, whatever you want to call it. This is the European version, and there are a few things scarier to me than that European hillbilly countryside. You think that the Appalachian stuff is scary in the States, the deliverance and the wrong turn, all that? Oh, man, that French countryside, you do not want to be out there. So the van breaks down, you're like, yeah, here we go. Seen it, been here, waiting. Um, It is a bit of a slow burn, and I think that's where the first time I was like, huh, I keep waiting for the most fucked up thing I've ever seen because Dave has talked about this movie for so long. And it it takes some time, but I love the characters. This is um, a, a great time. And I watched it a couple of times to sort of like wash off the, um, the built up part of it. I thought of you, Dave, because this guy is a performer 
and there are multiple scenes in which he's coerced into singing in this movie, <laughs> yeah. especially with a shotgun in his mouth. I, I thought I posted that from tour. <laughs> the picture of him who's like sing and he's got a shotgun <laughs> in his mouth, bloody mouth. I, I knew that was relatable for you. Uh, if you haven't seen Calvert the Ordeal, definitely if you like French horror at all, definitely you're gonna want to see Calvert for sure. And I'm, I'm glad it's back out there. It's funny to me that you just referred to this film as a as a great time. Yeah, yeah, good old time. <laughs> uh, when I read the synopsis of it, um, and it said, you know, man is held prisoner by innkeeper, automatically my brain went to like a crazy woman, you know, holding this attractive little man, um, like hostage, a la like a misery kind of a situation especially after the first few scenes, like into it, you know, all these women are like, oh, I love you. You're They're so handsome. throwing themselves oh, at him right from the jump. Naked pictures, uh, yeah. all that fun stuff. And then, nope, absolutely not. That's not what it is. Some old deliverance looking motherfucker swoops in and is like, you're my new wife. And that's the movie. <laughs> Thank you. That's way better than I did in so few words. <laughs> I did not see it coming and it just gets weirder and weirder from there. There's this, that sad, like, I guess mentally challenged man just running around looking, looking, for, looking for his dog. Bella. I mean, that really is quite vague in this movie. I mean, well, everyone in this movie is <laughs> yeah, twitching yeah. and gurgling yeah. the whole time. <laughs> the fucking townsfolk. I I was I thought the innkeeper guy, Bartel, yeah. his name? Yeah. I thought that he was like the black sheep weirdo of the town. I, it's so great how it does and that. And then yeah. and then nope, he's definitely not the worst one. Like they're all on the same fucking level. Um Also, I'd like to talk about uh, the betrayal that I have felt from this podcast for this week. Okay. In the group chat, I asked oh. if these films <laughs> I know where this were appropriate to yeah. watch on an airplane. Right. We. Oui. Dave immediately said, You fly yup. from France, right? Oh, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> France, Florida. <laughs> Dave's, it wasn't even like a minute had gone by. Dave's like, yep. <laughs> then Trent was like, well, it's more like psychological than gory. True. Then Kevin's like, you can watch anything on a plane if you're in the window seat. <laughs> it's true. That's totally that's true. Verbatim. That's 100% true. So I throw this little number on the airplane. I'm in the middle seat. And then all of a sudden, there's people fucking cows on the screen. <laughs> well, no, it's it's hard. Yeah, that, but that's it's psychological. Not like, it's that not graphic. It's <laughs> It's, it's not that great. It's not a graphic uh, cow fucking. Is it not? No. You don't think that? If you look, don't have your audio on, is there the anything the other than? There's oh no penetration. God. How shown. is there not graphic cow fucking? Doesn't show penetration. Anyway, <laughs> we've we've been there. Great. <laughs> <laughs> We're back from the animal penetration. You miss, so this you seems miss Holocaust. But yeah, I uh, never ever want to see this movie ever again. Um, oh. However, I am like those old ladies in the beginning. Very enamored Laurent by our, Lucas. By our no. leading man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his teeth. He's the dad Maybe in Raw. His, that's really? so, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Upon oh, further. He was in Raw, too. Yeah, okay. he's at the he's... very end when you meet, well, the beginning and the very yeah. end oh, okay. when you meet the parents. Because I was just like, he's very familiar, but I don't, it's his boyish charm, his tiny arms. I don't really know, but there's something about that magician, uh, musician looking motherfucker that. Is just he's very you know you can't take your eyes off of him, 
and yeah. you just feel bad. You and for Bartel, him the you whole and Bartel time. feel the same just way. Just me and Barty. <laughs> well, you got a double dose of him this week. I so. did. That's that was the highlight of my week is watching this little this little number. Uh, but anyway, th- thank you, thanks, Dave. <laughs> Appreciate I'm, it. I'm glad that I could turn you on with this movie. <laughs> Guys, Christmas movie. Yes. yes, Christmas film. Uh, yes, this is up there with like Die Hard. Is one of the, like Agreed. the most controversial. <laughs> is Agreed. this a Christmas film or not? Oh, it is. It is one hundred percent. What the fuck happened to Fabrice Duwells that he feels so unloved? Because oh. uh, both movies that we're going to talk about is is literally about like love and what it means. I think this guy's overloved, actually. I don't think any of the trilogy is about love. No? Nope. Well, anyway, Calvair, <laughs> for my take, Trent, thank you. You were posing questions to the group. <laughs> I mean, this I guy mean, got I... gangbanged by the whole town. I mean, that if that's not love. This is Deliverance. It's Shaitan. It's TCM. It's a whole bunch of other movies that we've already seen. Um, and it, But it is done very, very well. Um, is Shaitan better than this? I think so. Yeah, maybe. Is TCM a done better? Yep. You put I think. Shaitan. I was one. I was thinking that too. You put Shaitan in front of this. I do. Uh, they're pretty nose to nose. I don't me. know. I'd have to watch that again. I, I I would. Vincent Cassell alone would put it above this. Yeah, I think. If I'm you want to do Bartel versus I think Vincent Cassell's character, I would put <sighs> this ahead of Shaitan. Tough call. Tough call. But I like this one a lot more than the other movie that we'll talk about. Um, but it's very, very cliche. It's a whole, it's a, it's strung together cliche moments of other horror movies. So from a French extremity perspective, I think that this one, uh, it doesn't hold up as well as a bunch of the other ones. But in terms of just like, I'll give Mark Stevens, what was the actor's name? Um, Laurent I'll, Lucas. I'll give him credit for just playing a great character where you're constantly just watching somebody just get fucked over over and over and over again in different ways. Uh, and even the end of this movie, I don't know how much we want to get into spoilers, but even the end of this movie, I'm like, does he make it out okay? Like, is he okay? In terms of like horror, uh, there are some like good like shock moments. Like we talked about like the cow scene. We talked about, I thought, it was it a cow or a pig? I thought it was a pig. I thought it was a cow. And I thought there was it was just a unclear. pig hanging out. I thought, I thought it was, it was a pig. unclear. Um, the pig was watching. There's also some like <laughs> is there some like mom scenes in there that like I didn't quite pick up on. I feel like Duelts like leaves like a lot of like ambiguity to some scenes where like yeah. he shoots yeah. it in a way that you don't quite get everything. Yeah. Like right there in camera. So there's a lot uh, left to the imagination, which can be good and not good at sometimes. Overall, I loved revisiting Calvair. Uh, I do think it's a, I do think it's a, it's it's a worthy watch if you're a big fan of definitely French horror. Um, but like all the movies that we're comparing it to, like Deliverance and TCM, and um, even I think Frontiers, Shitan, Frontiers Sh- is is definitely one. Shitan. It's definitely worth a watch. But it's a different, it's a slower burn and take on those, but I think it's it's worth a watch. So I would agree with you guys, but there's one scene for me that elevates it to ev- to above everything else, and it's the, 
out of rhythm dancing and piano oh, scene. The, the piano, scene, the the piano scene is the best thing that about this entire movie. Amazing. Yep. That is like, uh, I don't know it. The, what it makes it makes me feel so uncomfortable just watching so it. It maybe because you're just dancing so awkwardly so and weird. they're sweating and the music, and the music is, is so bizarre. Is, we sampled it in the studio uh, two nights ago because oh we had been God. watching it uh, on tour. And that scene, um, we sample the piano. How was it? Did it come out good? It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> we tried imagine. to unweird it. It doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, Dave, this movie could be about you. Right. I wish. What? <laughs> this would what? not be a horror movie. It was about me. I mean, I would love this kind of thing. Uh, all the attention he gets. Um, I'd, be, I'd be singing the whole time. That dancing scene, I for me, that's so important too because, like Kat, you said, and and I was totally with you when when Bartel tells Mark, "Don't go into the town, don't go into the village." Mm-hmm. My first thought is, well, of course he doesn't want him to go into the village. He's going to do some fucked up shit to him, and he doesn't want him anyone else. Saved. He doesn't want him to find another mechanic that can fix the van and all yeah. that. Right. I so you think that it's kind of that, mm-hmm. but as it as it turns out, <laughs> the nope. village is arguably worse than what this guy has in mind. So. Uh, I love that scene in in the bar. There's a bar, a pub in this town. This makes the pub in Banshees of Inisherin. If you've seen that, this makes that look like the, <laughs> the nicest, w. swankest bar. That's like the uh, the Holiday Inn. Um, the the what's the um, Four Seasons? Oh. It makes Banshees the of Ritz. Inisherin look like the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> what's a nice hotel? Yeah. I don't know. It's a Holiday Inn. I know. <laughs> The, the, the armory, the armory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but it's so interesting that it's all men. Mm-hmm. There are no yeah. women in the town. There are no women. Once he gets to the town, there's no women in the movie. There yeah, are no women f- in the movie other than in the his intro in the scene. Beginning. So yeah. what the fuck has gone on in this town? I don't know. D- I thought maybe you guys would tell me because I, I was just, just very confused. These are the things that separate it. And also the scene where the they come and embark on his farm and start blazing with shotguns Mm -hmm. that part to me was crazy too because you don't expect that kind of like uh action like the way they film that whole thing with a shotgun blast the siege smoke yeah the siege it's so wild too that whole i loved how he i think that marcus thinks he's getting rescued in that scene, he, oh. he starts crying out, "Help! You know, save me! Help me!" Now they're just coming for the cow, and as a matter of fact, they want to fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the the Gloria thing. It's the see, the Gloria thing yes. is what carries through the trilogy, which right. I haven't seen the third one, but that's why I was asking, like, what the fuck happened to Duels in his life with somebody named Gloria? In that, so. When when Mark is taken in by Bartel, we discover that Bartel has lost his wife. Right. Well, she's left him. Yeah, left him. Allegedly. Allegedly. True. Good point. And now, all of a sudden, Mark is going to be his new wife. Right. Well, but he, then you know, he thinks not, that is Gloria. He th- yeah, he he calls him Gloria, and he has no, her right. He, he's, her. he's he's delusional. He thinks right. that okay, my wife has come back. Right. right, not his new wife. But other guys in the town seem to think the same thing. It it, it seems right. like there was one woman named Gloria, and they all thought that she was their love. And because other guys now are call start calling him at one point, call him Gloria. Yeah. And then Cat- Bartel flexes at the bar. Right, that's and why they're he goes like, to the you bar. know what? Fuck you. This movie reminded me that 
whenever I hear the phrase animal husbandry, I, I know what it means, but I feel like animal husbandry should be making an animal your husband. Well, <laughs> it should be what we see in this movie. Yeah. I'm in animal husbandry, you know. Those, oh, meet my husband, those, my those, husband Rover. Those pillows are also called a husband, right? Those ones that you have in the bed that come around like this, you know. Yeah. Oh, those are called a husband. Right. So people that have sex with their pillows, right? Pillow like, husband. Pillow husband. There's also like a double replacement aspect of this movie where Bartel used to be a performer. Mm. And so, yes. not oh, that's, only, so that's the part that made me yeah. feel Not only has on his <laughs> wife, quote unquote, left, which we don't know what happened to her. Right. But also, he used to be a performer. So now Mark shows up and Bartel is like, oh, you're a performer? I used to be a performer. And also, my wife left. I will make you both mm. sing and fuck me. Well, uh, Duels did a... Um, I wouldn't say a bunch, but Luels did. Um, Duels did some press for this re-release. If you go out there, he did some podcasts and he did some YouTube shows, small ones, not big ones. He, I feel like he could have done our show if we had known he was out there because he did some very small shows talking about this movie recently, and it's it's kind of funny. First of all, he mentions Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Deliverance, and Sam Raimi Evil Dead. He he talks about. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre being his, his, the mind-blowing movie that got him into horror. He was a horror fan first, and now he is a cinephile, but he's a true horror guy, and all the movies you would think watching this influenced him did. It's also really funny. He talks about every interview they ask him about New French Extremity. In every interview, he says, there's no such thing as New French Extremity. It's made up by journalists and writers. He's kind of a, a classic, like, surly <laughs> kind of French Belgian like interview guy. Every, every interview, the first thing he says is, "This was twenty years ago." Old news to him. He he doesn't have a lot to say about it anymore. There's no such thing as new French extremity. That's made up. Uh, and, uh, and I heard one interview which was pretty painful. It, overall, it was like awkward boilerplate questions. And the guy asked him, "What's the message that he wants people to take from Calvert?" And he says, "He's not a postman. He doesn't deliver messages." Oh, so I also heard I like him say that. he, he was like friends a with a lot of the other filmmakers. Yeah, and yeah, um, that's interesting because maybe they all have that. Well, he 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 says he says and everyone else. Just so you know, all the other people they don't know what it is either. They, none of us know. <laughs> he says that none of us know what New French Extremity is. We just make movies, and you call it what you want. Right. So it's like if we made a. Uh, a band and people were like, "Oh, that's Sponge Rock. We love Sponge yeah. Rock." And we're like, "No, dude, we don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is brilliant. I think that's why foreign horror is really, honestly, my favorite. Is when you get a country that has not had a movement in horror, and they and they get some momentum, they will kill it. Like we can talk about the French scene, but look at like what's happening in like Indonesia and like all these countries. Like yeah. when someone gets some momentum or it's just like we talk about it all the time. Like we'll talk about American movies where they're using the same cast and like they get some momentum and they're using the same crew and everything. It's no different. Like we don't have to put like a, a, a label on it like. Oh, now it's in. It's a bunch of bands from Seattle. Let's call it grunge, right? But it it's just a it, shorthand that we use to refer to a time and a place and a genre or a movies that we connect. Like, like um, you could say the same about torture porn. Any fair, you know, any sort of thing like that. The the participants would probably often say, "All, oh, no, man, it's just a movie," you know. But we could just say 
This is a horror movie. I like, but I like to say New French Extremity. It sounds cool. <laughs> I, I, I do too. <laughs> second film I uh, picked by Fabrice Duwells is 2014's Alleluia, also starring Laurent Lucas. Relationship horror, cock horror, cock porn. This movie uh, pairs well with like possession that we talked about, relationship drama horror, which gets kind of skewed and confused, I feel like, a lot when people talk about these movies or who is watching these movies, what film festivals they go to, because uh, I feel like, well, let me let me back it up. This is about uh, a couple who have a relationship where he's a player and she will do anything for him. And they have this thing where she kills his mistresses after. And they're, uh, gold, she's a, he's a gold digger in this. And so uh, it's just this relationship where it just snowballs and snowballs until it's complete chaos. Again, there's like really cool musical things in this. I like uh, Fabrice's taste in like setting the tone or like usually I hate when they like break into song in, in movies and shows. That's why I hate American Horror Story. But... Uh, he does it like so well, and I love the scene he does in this um, with that. But this movie is actually way more gory than Calvaire, but somehow it hits like less of a horror movie. I love this film, and I get discouraged that I don't hear it talked about more in horror circles because I do think it is a horror movie. Uh, again, it's like super realism, nothing supernatural, no frills. Uh, very gritty uh, relationship movie. What did you guys think of Alleluia? I think my favorite part of this movie is the true crime story that I had never heard about that it's based on, the Lonely Hearts Killers from like the 40s. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like uh, we've seen it a million times, like uh, the Homolka case in, in Canada, and we've seen these types of couples that one will do anything for the other. Uh, whether you know it's the the male or the female, and they will kill for the other. I had never heard of that case, the Lonely Hearts case, so I was psyched about that. Otherwise, um, we've seen much better versions, in my opinion, of this movie. In terms of like the one person is manipulating somebody else, and they get them to do whatever they need to do. That being said, uh, the film is shot, just like last week, it's amazing to me that Calvert and Alleluia were done by the same director. So just like last week when we we talked about Cannibal Holocaust and the house on the edge of the park, it blows my mind that this was done by the same person because stylistically it's very, very different. And it is done deliberately, but not really to my taste. I think that, uh, again, I want to know what Duelts had done to him. Uh, we have a Gloria in this uh, as well. I want to know exactly where he was done wrong 
by somebody in love and why he keeps making these movies about how uh, you have to get revenge on somebody for something that, that you missed out on in a relationship. It is a horror movie. Dave, you're right. 100%. But other than like the acting and, and like I said, stylistically, um, it just missed the mark for me. It was so slowly paced and some of like the kill scenes and things like that were like so off screen and just very bizarre. I don't know. This one, this one did not do it for me 100%. This one was a fun little romantic flick that showed just how funny and carefree love between two people can be. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, this was a painfully sad and gross telling of people who are obviously mentally ill and decide that the love of a specific person is necessary for their existence and yada, yada, yada. They'll get rid of anything that might stand in the way of it. Very natural-born killers, but less cool, more less Woody Harrelson, I would say, in, in this one. I wouldn't say that I loved this movie. I wouldn't say it was particularly enjoyable except for my new love of my life that guy can't remember his name laurent laurent i thought the two main characters were very enthralling their chemistry between the two main characters was obviously fun to watch i would say she is absolutely off her rocker but Starts off so like sweet and like timid and oh I work in a morgue and oh I have a I have a kid oh I don't know if I want to go on a date and then once you can like see in real time like her become infatuated with this man and then you just see her eyes it's kind of like a shark like when it's going in like a doll's eyes it just kind of this glazed kind of look kind of falls over her and it's. A very odd thing, but she does it really well. And then you kind of see it throughout the movie, and then you kind of see that look kind of progress into the more insane aspects that she's leaning into. But yeah, I can't put my finger on it, but my, my eyes were definitely glued to them. It, it made it so I wasn't just like looking at my phone. That and the subtitles, I think, really brought me in, is the, is the acting and the subtitles. <laughs> the reading. Yes, I was forced to read, otherwise I had no idea what was going on. Other than that, you know, it was it was kind of predictable after a certain point. You're like, okay, like it wasn't like the other the other pick this week where you're like, oh, now these people are like that. Now they're crazy like this way. Like as soon as you got to a certain point in this one, you could kind of be like, okay, so she's just going to kill. Like he's going to keep banging people and she's going to keep killing them. Let's speed it along. But it was, you know, it was a quick 90 minutes. But yeah, it was a uh, yep, it was a movie. Man, I think I watched a different movie from everyone, including Dave. What? <laughs> really? I, this is Masterpiece Theater Week. Oh. The this, cinema? This is the cinema right here. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's what I was this talking about. The, this is the banger of the week. This blows the ordeal out of the water. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I didn't, uh, I didn't say that this wasn't better than the ordeal. See, seen it before. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, there's been movies made about the Lonely Hearts Killers. We got to back this thing up, okay? This is not... Back okay, it up. They're, they're not... This isn't a, like a, a, a premeditated skim. The, the Lonely Gloria, because this is a, a cautionary tale in part about internet dating, the Lonely Gloria gets set up <laughs> on an internet date with this guy, 
and falls head over heels in love. He is the most charismatic presence to her. He just sweeps her off her feet on the first date. She pretty much falls madly in love with him. They have, they are intimate, and she just cannot believe how into this guy she is. It turns out that he is a hustler. This is what he does. He goes around. He makes women fall in love with him. He's a Lothario. He's a Casanova. And then he fleeces them for whatever he can get from them, and then he goes on to the next. Gloria is so taken with him and she's so overwhelmed with amor fou uh, <laughs> that she tells him, "Look, I'll be your I'll be your partner. You keep doing what you're doing. I love you more than anyone I've ever known. I'll be your partner, and we'll do this. We'll do these crimes together. I'll pose as your sister, and I'll help you fleece all these women. But what happens is that she is so driven. She's driven to such insane jealousy by watching him." seduce these women which is it's kind of hard to seduce people without having sex first of all so she loses her mind and starts killing them mm-hmm. each time it's not like a planned out thing that they kill them she loses her mind and and she is is in this much control or more control than him and that's what i think is interesting about the relationship i don't think that anybody it's not like one person is taking advantage of the other they're both very deeply damaged. They're both desperate. Laurent Lucas, what's his name in this? Michel. Michel or Michael. He he tells his whole story about, once again, get some abuse and incest in this. He tells the story about being raised by his abusive mother. And when she took lovers, he was shoved in a closet, locked in a closet when she was with her men. And when she didn't have a man, she made him substitute and had sex with him. And that's what he he attributes his seduction skills and his skills as a lover Mm. he tells gloria that's because his mother taught him all this stuff and so she becomes like a new mother to him she's going to love him unconditionally she doesn't care that he's a criminal she she is going to help him do his crimes she's going to offer him that unconditional motherly love that he never got but at the same time she's also going to offer him the abuse and the violence and the chaos and the craziness that's like beyond his control i mean he's like He's helpless. He could have stopped a lot of what she does, but he also needs the love as much as her. So that's what I took out of this movie. And again, I don't think it's I don't think that these movies are about love. They're about the the amor fou. They're about like a, a faux love. They're about like an obsession mm. that that obsessive infatuation that you think is love, but really it's just to me it's more about the the damaged, emotionally obsessive, codependent stuff. I think people confuse with love and they get into these these crazy situations. The the main thing though about this movie is is to me is the performance of Lola Dunas. I don't know how Sarah Duenas. last name as, as Gloria, what is it? Yeah. Duenas, maybe because there's that little squiggly thing. Lola Duenas. Yeah, she she's uh, been in a ton both both of these actors have been in a ton of foreign films. Um she is just amazing to me. She just crackles with life. She jumps off the screen and they're they're love so to speak their romance their passion is like i it's just it's crazy i watched this a couple times i would highly and this is on tubi right now and i think it is awesome that you can go to tubi and free movie from belgium france and watch something like this is unlike i think most anything you're going to see big big fan of this one you know you make a woman come once (laughs) and then (laughs) fucking craziness ensues it also looks um it looks like film. 
It is. It is. This is a 16 millimeter film. It's grainy. It's natural light. That's that's kind of. I thought this was very much a piece with Calvert, with that that natural light, that grainy feel. I, I love the look of it. It's just realism to me. It's like pretty hardcore realism, and I like that. I just think that a film that you already mentioned, Possession. Yeah. If I had never seen Possession, I might like Alleluia a lot more. I don't really see the comparison. I mean, you don't well, really obsession, obsessive <laughs> yeah. love. Okay, so but the that's cock, the cock vibe. That's half well. of all art is about obsessive love. So I, you can I, say dis- like, I disagree. There, I mean, there are more parallels here, and I think that if you want to put her performance up against a Johnny's, well, that's uh, that's one of the greatest performances probably ever committed to film. But I'd say this is one of the best that I've seen on the podcast for sure. Okay. Yeah, she does a really good job in this. I mean, I, I would she's... put this up again. Like we just talked about uh, Rebecca Hall in several performances. Like I just, I, di- I didn't, I didn't feel like this one held up as well as like this. Also reminded me of Killing of a Sacred Deer a little bit, and I don't think it holds up as well as that. Kevin, let me put explain something to you. Oh, okay. We talk a lot of shit on here. Me and Kat have been doing recently about these directors. This guy, I feel like, might actually come for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? He might actually show up. So tread carefully. <laughs> it's all fun and games until someone starts following you on Instagram. Bonjour. <laughs> we haven't mentioned the uh, the occult angle in this. Yes, that I did like that. I did appreciate Michelle that. Michel kind of practices some sort of witchcraft where before he, when he gets his target... He does this whole ritual where he burns the picture and he's got some beads and he says some trance, some stuff about, you know, she's going to fall under his spell. Mm. And then they eventually they both partake in the ritual and they dance around the fire and all this stuff. Very wild. This reminded me um, of that movie, I think, from Ireland that we watched about she hires the guy to help talk to her dead husband. Yep. Oh, Dark Star. Dark yeah. Star. Is that what it was called? Dark Song. No, a, a dark Song. Dark, dark Song. song. It, dark this song. reminded That's me so a little good. bit of that yeah, yeah. kind of desperation. Yep. It, you know. That's no, a great I, one. I, I appreciate about. I mean, the entire like concept of like what is manipulation, what is codependency, like how far are you willing to go? I appreciated right. that a lot. I thought it was really well done. Not revolutionary, movie. though. I mean, I hear you. It's not. Um, there's one scene where she kills somebody with the heel of her shoe. Mm. Good stuff. And you don't see that until the very end of the scene. That's really good filmmaking. And it's great horror that does make this a horror movie. The thing is, is that if she could have just kept her cool for a little bit they could have had a lucrative I know thing going on yeah. like when it first started I was Cat's like down this guy's got you first time she smiled all night <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if when they first started I was like oh this is a great idea like they can like smooch on the side or like whatever pretend to be siblings grab the cash and go and then they could do this for a long time and she just abs- that was the plan immediately just no nope. she can't handle it she can't she hang. cannot handle it she can't hang it's and, and it's very funny there are scenes where he's he's doing his thing in the bedroom and now she's posed as his sister mm-hmm. and they get these women to let them stay there so he's getting it on and she's like in the next room freaking out she's starts like, cr- oh. yelling and screaming and uh and there's even over. there's some very funny scenes where she even confronts them like mid fellatio 
at one point. Oh yeah, real funny. Yeah, it's a very comedic well, like the, scene. The way he calms her down Hilarious. by doing like yeah. the really crazy like That's he does like really weird uh, faces and makes it, noises it, and flaps the, um, his hands around. Yeah, he does like a scene. His favorite actor is Humphrey Bogart, and he does oh, right, right. he does a scene. Yeah, out they're of, watching a movie at one point. Yeah, they go to see a Bogart movie, and that's what he does. One of those. I'd also like to know how long were they on this little spree? How long did she abandon her child? Yeah, oh that's God. a big part of it. So is the real question. That. Yeah, I think the yeah. movie. I think the movie is like very quickly paced. It's in ter- well in terms of like timeline. Timeline. Yeah. It's, I think it's pretty fast, but she just abandons her child. That is the most brutal thing. She has a little girl, and she just gives her little girl to her friend. Says, "Watch my daughter for a while. I'm going to go." And that's from the tr- the actual story. The one that this was based on, I think the same thing happened. Um, and and, you and that was and that was like a two year timeline. Yeah, which is even more sad to think about. Yeah, I don't know how fast this is. I don't think it's. I think it's probably longer than a couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. um, there, there's a movie about that case. The original, the movie from '60 something. I think it's called The Honeymoon Killers. That's on Criterion right now. I haven't seen that, but that was a influential cinema verite, black and white type of thing. I might want to check out, and that actually reminded me too that uh, one of the co-writers on this, Vincent Travier, he co-wrote *Man Bites Dog*. Wow, we've, we've talked about also a Belgian French. I, sometimes it doesn't hit the same when we're reading subtitles, or whatever. But I also think the dialogue in both of these movies is insanely good. Loved it. Both of these movies, I don't think we've talked about. Uh, both of them are largely two people scenes. So it's one person. So it's one person talking to another. The ending of this movie, ah, oh, so I, I think it's one of the best endings we've seen. the The daughter issue kind of comes full circle because the final mark, the final woman that they're running this number on, she has a daughter, and what happens oh. is part of what happens is that Gloria watches Michelle become a stepfather, a father figure to this other little daughter. The whole time, well, her daughter hasn't seen her in however long. It's been going on a long time. So she's not only abandoned her own daughter, but now she has to watch this guy treat this other daughter the way she would want her own to be treated. And then that comes into play. There's a little bit of a twist at the end. I won't give away, but oh, that ending. Oh, my God. The little girl is there, and the whole twist thing is going. I just, the axe, I mean, ah, a four-star. I mean, just four-star ending, in my opinion. I think he only gives you a, a couple treats like within his movies. A lot of them are like that. They're a lot of character development and then he sprinkles in these like classic scenes just to kind of show off that he can do it. That end scene was definitely one of those. The third film of this trilogy, Adoration from 2019, is on Shutter right now. And it just continues this sort of the mad love theme. That one to me is more like things I've seen like it's kind of a road it's more of a road level you guys talked about natural born killers or even um Badlands the mm-hmm. Terrence Malick one um, was that the third installment yeah the third one yeah it even reminded me a lot of um Bones and All from last year that's the young lovers it's like kind of a similar right. situation but they're much younger adoration well worth a spin too but this is my favorite of the three for sure Calvair is still my favorite because it was the first one and I don't know why I have like a chip on my shoulder about uh, for Breeze Duwell's movies not being mentioned in all these conversations about horror uh, because I think that he 
has a very unique voice and a very unique style to every movie and how everything's laid out. And he does that yeah, every time. I agree. I, I, I think, think this is yeah. actually a lot like Calvert. I didn't think that it was they were that drastically different. Well, I think a lot of these movies just get lost being a small foreign market indie. I mean, it's hard enough to make an American indie that gets enough attention and gets out there. Laurent Lucas was in one of my favorite French horror movies called With a Friend Like Harry. You ever seen With a Friend Like Harry? I don't know if or I Sometimes have. it's called Harry something else, but um, not available on streaming. Hasn't been available for years. Uh, just like The Ordeal, I think some of these movies, they're just so small in their foreign market, and if they don't break through... There's another movie in my skin, nowhere. Some of these, some of these movies, when you go looking for them, just not out there anymore. It's a, it's a bummer. Next week, Cat is back. I'm back, baby. Oh, Woo! Yeah, our vacation, our vacation is over. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you guys will be pleasantly pleased because we're going back to the '80s, my friends. Woo! With off-brand holidays. This is how you pander to us. Baby. Yay. Pals. We got the OG My Bloody Valentine. Oh, Yeah. That's right. That's right. And then, I don't think we've talked about this one yet. Have we talked about April Fool's Day? No, No, we haven't. Boom. It's a double shot of holiday calendar horror. That's right. (laughs) Wow. And it's very pandering. I feel very... It is. I feel like we just got a gift. I feel very pandered to right now. I had a lot of time to think about it. I don't. I I feel like Kat is just... One of us. Yes, you, you can you. borrow money. <laughs> <laughs> she's putting the slop in the trough is what she's doing. <laughs> so that way I can do Evil Bong 2 my next round. 